Dun, 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 dun. Can you hear me? Or do you have earworms? So a study finds listening to music before bed can actually worsen your sleep by inducing long-lasting earworms. Yes, there are such things as earworms. So today we're going to dive into that study. We're going to look at true change and also struggling versus striving. So let's take a look at the study today. So yes, there are such thing as earworms, and I didn't even know that they existed either. But a few months back, I had brain surgery, and during post-op, after surgery, I kept asking my wife, are they playing a song upstairs? Like, I can, I can barely hear it. Are they really playing a song upstairs? Because I keep hearing the song Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles in my head. I'm like, is that, do you hear it? And I was like almost going crazy. I was like, I can't, I can't believe this. And it was over and over and over again. And she's like, no, I can't hear that. I'm like, is it upstairs though through like the next floor maybe? And she's like, no, it's not through the next door, next floor that's there. And so I'm like, what, what is going on? And it wasn't until I came across the study that I was like, this is a phenomenon known as earworms that a song or a lyric gets stuck in your head after hearing it. And so upon waking and at other points, it comes out and it's expressed and we think that we're hearing things. Now, I have to tell you, until I took another piece of music and overlaid it and listened to it in the hospital, I could not get Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles out of my head. It was there again and again and again. Very frustrating. Um, but come to find out, going into surgery, they had music playing for the team and for the surgeons. Guess what? One of the songs, Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. So with me going into that state with anesthesia, that song that I heard became that earworm for me. So this study, um, this is posted up once again on SciPost.org. Uh, this was from November 5th, 2021. And with that headline reading, study finds listening to music before bed can worsen your sleep by inducing long-lasting earworms. So this study originally came out of the Journal of Psychological Science. Um, that was back in June 9th of 2021. But it said, if you listen to music before bedtime, your brain continues processing the melody while you sleep. A sleep lab study found that one quarter of the participants who listened to a familiar song before bedtime, awoke during the night with that melody stuck in your head, in their heads. This spontaneous replaying of music in the mind is a phenomenon called an earworm, and it's also associated with lower sleep quality. 
make sense for me because in the hospital, they wake you up every couple hours. So I was not getting restful sleep whatsoever on top of having this Harry Styles earworm in my head. So the authors of this study note that someone is more likely to experience an earworm, a form of involuntary musical imagery, after listening to music with a fast tempo and a specific melodic contours. Young people are listening to music more than ever, and the music industry is dominated by these types of upbeat songs that can be catchy. I'll vouch for that. Given that many people listen to music falling asleep, the researchers wanted to investigate whether listening to music around bedtime might trigger earworms or whether these earworms could affect the quality of sleep. So this study came out of Baylor University, out of their Sleep Neuroscience and Cognition Lab. Um, and uh, Michael Scullin was the associate professor on this one. Um, but it was an initial cross-sectional study of 199 Americans with around 33% of the participants reporting experiencing earworms around bedtime, either when they were trying to fall asleep or while waking up in the night or upon waking in the morning. So participants who reported more frequent music listening were more likely to experience these sleep-related earworms. Interestingly enough, the greater music listening was associated with also the worst sleep. And this effect was mediated by the frequency of sleep-related earworms. So they went ahead and did a sleep study experiment in the lab, and they had 48 young adults. Um, and this experiment involved a polysomigraphy test. So they were recording the brain waves, they were recording blood oxygen levels, they were recording breathing patterns and heart rates, eye movement, body movement all night long. Um, so about a half an hour before going to sleep, they were randomly assigned to listen to either an instrumental or a lyrical version of three well-known pop songs. So the next morning, about 10 minutes after waking, the participants were asked whether they currently had any song or sound or melody stuck in their heads. And they were also asked if they had experienced a song being stuck in their head while they were trying to fall asleep or if they woke up in the night um, or just now waking up in the morning. Now, according to the polysomigraphy results, participants listened to the instrumental music experienced significantly worse sleep than those that heard the lyrics. Interesting. Interesting that the instrumental music varies, which if you go back to previous studies, and they've done this with infants, and they say if an infant listens to classical music, right, um, their IQ score can be three points higher. You know, there's all sorts of claims that are there for listening to classical music when you're uh, a baby or an infant. Um, 
it's not the usual patterned music. So when we don't have the usual patterned music that we're listening to, our brain activity increases. So here it shows the same correlation. It shows the same part here that uh, non-lyrical or just instrumental music, your brain's working harder to kind of put the pieces together. Now, if you hear the song in its entirety with lyrics, you're going back to a point in time when you've heard that song before. And more than likely, it's a place in memory and a different processing place for the brain. So some quite different studies here. Um, but people who had sleep-related earworms who had the worst sleep, poorer sleep efficiency, more trouble falling asleep, more waking up during the night, having a harder time to shift to deeper sleep and staying in light sleep, all affected by these earworms. So interestingly enough, similar to the first study, about a quarter of the participants said that they woke from the sleep with an earworm. And even though they had not heard the music for you know, more than eight hours, and also that they didn't have any involuntary music imagery sparked from the environment later on. So they did a final study here, and they analyzed with EEG data, so electroencephalogram, um, so putting all the electrodes on the brain to see what the brain functioning, electrical brain functioning is throughout uh, the sleep study. And they found evidence of greater frontal slow oscillation in the sleepers with the earworms. So if you think of, you know, the little needle that you'll see in the movies and it goes up and down, up and down, up and down really quickly, greater brain activity when something's going on. Um, this gave long, slow waves um, of data. So the activity there uh, in the frontal part of the brain was different. So, of course, this is a preliminary study, interesting study, to say the least, um, but one that hopefully will spur more activities because there are so many different, as they said in here, fads for how to fall asleep and what to do to get better sleep. And so by these findings, hopefully we'll have some more information about what is to come in the future and what is the best way to fall asleep. I'd love to hear the comments below, whether or not you listen to sleep, listen to music falling asleep, or what type of music you like to listen to when you fall asleep, and if you've ever had earworms before. Um, so we'll see what, what comes from that. Aero Garden 360 is your chance to grow fresh hydroponic herbs, vegetables, and flowers year-round. I grow enough basil for fresh pesto every two weeks and jalapenos year-round. It's so easy. 
Click on the link below to start growing yours today. So today I wanted to explore this concept of struggling versus striving. And in our everyday life, yes, we are going to have struggles. But struggling has this connotation, or even a definition, of not trying and definitely not achieving. Striving, however, has this concept that you're making an effort then to go ahead and achieve a desired outcome. And so as we look at our daily life, are we struggling or are we striving? I had this the other day with one of my clients when I was talking to them in a counseling session. And I said, my husband, my spouse is so negative. They're always glass is half empty type of a perspective. So, okay. I said, I'm, I'm the optimist in the family. I'm the half full one. I was like, okay. And I was like, and there's a problem with this. She was like, yeah, he's always so negative and critical. Hmm. Okay. What does he do for a living? Oh, he's a property inspector. So his job, let me see if I got this right. His job is to go ahead and critique or look for the things that are wrong. Yes. So for his job, being a half-empty glass person is a good thing because he can see where there's problems with a property before someone buys it. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to look at it. She said, I never thought of it like that before. It's like, because, you know, going in, if he was a glass half full type, he could go ahead and easily just look at it and say, no, everything's great here. This is, you've got such a promising property. I would buy it. So for him at work, it worked. For him at home, it didn't. Come to realize that in this expression between them, they got so worked up about the differences. I'm half full. You're half empty. I'm a positive person. You're a negative person. You're critical. You don't look at any of the details. What they failed to look at was that by describing the glass from their perspective, they weren't acknowledging the greatest factor. They were both describing 
water in the glass. They both were agreeing unconsciously that there was a substance in that glass that they were then describing. They were so entrenched, rooted in their own perspective that they weren't willing to look at the commonalities. What really threw her for a loop was I then would say, take the glass and look at it from the bottom. What do you see now? I can't tell if it's full or empty. I can just see that there's water in there. But that's not how I look at it. Okay. And so it's in changing our perspective what can give us the greatest hope. And so are we struggling day by day just to get by? Are we struggling within our job, within our family? Are we struggling to make ends meet? Or are we striving? Are we making that effort to truly achieve? To truly make a difference in our life and in the lives around us. Because struggling is not trying. Struggling is staying in the trench with the mud up to your knees in the difficulty. But that's what truly counseling is about. Counseling is about helping you make different choices by examining different perspectives. It's about just not looking from one side of the glass or one side of the cube. It's about examining all angles and all sides. And maybe both people can decide or yourself. Six of the sides don't work for me. One of the sides we disagree upon. One of the sides, well... Maybe there's a possibility here of something different. So today I really want to encourage you. If you are the glasses half empty type, try changing it a little bit. Try changing to see what are the three positives today in my life. The three blessings that come across my plate. What are... What are they going to make a difference in tomorrow by examining them today? Well, we're really good about remembering the negative. We're not so good about remembering the positive. It's hard to remember what last Tuesday night we even had for dinner. Probably something good. But we can sure remember when the meal was burnt and it tasted awful. So if you're looking at striving, 
look to see then what that end goal is to achieve. What are you looking to truly make a difference in? And what are the steps to get there? I hope you're not struggling. I hope you can continue to strive. That you make 2022 the best year. With whatever you're given, you make it the best year. Real dark chocolate and pretzel protein bars that both taste great and nourish us. Nugo offers so many types of bars and cookies for your enjoyment, but I always stick with the best. Plus, it's gluten-free. Click the link below to order yours today. So in closing today, I really wanted to give you a means to change. I mean, when you look back in ancient scripture, they used the word repent. And repent truly means to change. It means to change from old ways and to adapt or accept something new. But it's not about going back to the old. It's about being anew. So when I talked about striving, when I talked about goal setting, it's about change. It's about making and factoring change today. Not, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. Because truly you don't know what tomorrow brings. Don't even know if you're going to have a tomorrow. So it becomes focused on strictly today. What are you going to change in your life? to make it better, to make it better for those around you and for yourself. So once again, blessings and peace to you.